Ladies and gentlemen, trans and non-binary punks of all ages and denominations, welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase. We're online at notjustaphase.net, and we're on Instagram at notjustaphaseworldwide. I believe that's also our Twitter handle that we pretty much never use, but thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here today on this crazy planet we call Earth. Our co-host, Belle, is on the episode today, and she's going to introduce the band for us. Today we're chatting with Peter, vocalist of Bay Area hardcore punk band Spy and bassist for power violence band World Peace. Both of these bands have been taking stages across all regions by storm in recent years and keeping these genres alive was some of the most captivating modern takes. We're excited to dive into some of that today. Welcome to the show today. Uh, Peter, how are you feeling today? I'm okay. How are you? I'm still sick. Not, not super fun. But uh, yeah, happy to be here chatting, of course. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. So for everybody listening, would you be willing to just state your name and what role it is you play in the band? Or bandza, I should say, since you're in a few. Uh, my name is Peter. I do the vocals in Spy, and I do bass and vocals in World Peace. And is this your first podcast interview that you've done? No, there's been a couple of other ones, mm-hmm. um, but it's been a minute. So first in a few months. Awesome. Well, welcome back to the microphone. You, you, uh, you listen to any podcasts in your free time? Honestly, not really. <laughs> Me either. Not, not a not a big podcast head over here. Okay, <laughs> but I do. Uh, I definitely see the appeal. I just I never find myself inclined to seek one out. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I usually don't have a, you know, hour or two to to put on a podcast or if yeah. I do, it's, it's, I'd rather, you know, watch a movie or something. 
yeah my attention spans a little short for it too <laughs> yeah i'm in the same boat even this show i try to keep at like an hour ish with songs because some podcasts are like two hours or more and I, I can't deal with that but uh obviously since you're not into to podcasts outside of music what um what other hobbies and passions are are occupying your free time when you're not playing music uh now nowadays it's it's mostly just uh if i'm not like doing music stuff like either touring or practice or writing or whatever then i'm usually just working uh and sleeping and eating um but i uh i try to exercise and stay healthy but um i guess that's not really a hobby uh i really like baseball i'm a huge baseball fanatic since uh my childhood so that's that's one thing that i follow pretty religiously Who's your team? The uh, San Francisco Giants. Of course, naturally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I grew up in the East Bay mostly, but when my family moved to the Bay Area, when I was seven, we moved to uh, San Mateo, which is on the peninsula closer to San Francisco. So, yeah. um, so that's why it was Giants and not A's for me. What are some of the changes you've noticed happening in the Bay Area scene these past few years? Um, it's it's true in the Bay Area, but it's true also everywhere seemingly. But the it's really blown up, like it's gotten huge. Um, Pre-pandemic, it was like um, almost like it almost felt like people were kind of sleepwalking a little bit, like with the attendance at shows. You know, you were, you just have so many shows all the time that I think people were. Uh, maybe took it for granted a little bit. So you, you had like way lower attendance at shows. Uh, you know, if you were a touring band coming through the Bay area and you didn't have a huge following, you might be lucky to pull 20 people. Um, but since shows came back, um, last year, it's been, uh, massive and just the show attendance seems to have like skyrocketed and, um, the like pop overall general popularity of, of this kind of music is just totally, totally bigger than it used to be. Yeah, I'd have to completely agree with that. It's quite mind mind blowing to see it having its its moment right now, but I'm guessing it'll die down again shortly. Yeah, it, it, it might, but I don't know. It's 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 crazy to see it happen. Um, hmm. I. I'm like shocked. <laughs> well, you've seen waves though, right? Where like hardcore and sure, punk gets sure. more popular and then dies off. I'm I'm yeah. wondering if that's what we're currently experiencing, but I'm not going to speculate. Well, most likely, most likely, I would say yeah. But um, yeah. I, a part of me hopes that it's a permanent uh, rise. <laughs> For sure, same, same. I mean, yeah. the Bay has really like expanded past this area. I feel like a few years ago it was pretty niche. And like I was living in the Bay for a few years and then I went to college in the South. Everybody knows the Bay bands. Everybody knows Bay hardcore. Like, and that would have not been the case a few years ago, I feel. Uh, in the South of like California? Uh, the South of, of America. I go to school in Nashville and it's ass. Oh, really? I'm not there right now though. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I've I've never played a show in Nashville, so I have no idea what it's like over there. 
oh, you, it's okay if you don't find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about your, your Bay Area, uh, Peter? You got any favorite local bands or favorite venues in your area? The venues are tricky. Um, we have like the best scene that we've had in years, but we seemingly have fewer venues than ever. Um, like, for example, in the South Bay, uh, so like San Jose area, um, there's there's been mostly just kind of one place that shows have been at for like the last year, and it's called the X Bar. Um, and, you know, it, it's totally like a, a fine spot, but of course you need a little bit more variation as far as venues go to, to keep people interested in coming out. Um, there's a few more popping up right now. Uh, so that's good. I think it's, it's, we're getting a few more, but it's kind of been tough venue wise, I think um, in the last couple of years, like uh, Gilman used to do a lot of shows, not a lot, but some shows uh, and a lot of bigger ones too, bigger tours. Um, and they, I don't think they've done anything like since like 20, early 2020 pre-pandemic. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of great spots. There's, there's some really cool, like small spots, like in San Francisco, there's the knockout, which is just like a tiny, tiny bar venue that, um, you know, will feel packed out with like 50 people in it. Um, and there's a, a spot in Oakland called Stay Gold Deli that, that has also cool, like small shows. Um, so there's definitely cool spots, but we need more. What about uh, bands in your area? So you got some favorite locals you want to shout out? Oh yeah, bands. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like in the Bay it's kind of crazy because all of the bands have kind of gotten a lot of recognition um, to the point where I, I feel like I don't I don't even know who to shout out because I feel like everybody <laughs> already knows everybody. Um, but I'll throw out a Star 99 San Jose rock band. Uh, their uh, guitar player did a uh, few shows with us in the spring as a fill-in, and he's really great. And they're great, too. So that's a cool band, and they deserve some love. Nice. I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned something smaller, because like you said, you're getting a lot of recognition for your area, right? So... It's not like it's unheard of anyone who's playing around that area. But um, from like any area, is there a band you're listening to right now, like Star 99, um, that you think deserves more attention than they're getting currently? Uh, in terms of like hardcore? Yeah, any uh, genre really. There's there's a few bands that I really like um, that are more in like the hardcore punk world. And they do, they're, they're all do pretty well anyways but um i might as well throw them out one of them is called ideation uh i really like that band they're i think new as of the last couple of years i think it's some of the people who play in armor and protocol um there's a band called contaminate with a k they put out a demo last year that i thought was really good um, there's a band called Reek Mines from Portland, I think, that's also really sick. Um, 
And yeah, there's a lot of really great bands in, in Denver as well that I really enjoy. Uh, Direct Threat or The Consequence, um, Asbestos, etc. cetera. Uh, and then locally, there's um, our friends in Fentanyl. They don't have any music online at all. So you have to buy their physical music or see them live. <laughs> but yeah, really good hardcore punk. Yeah, Fentanyl goes crazy. Definitely check them out. But um, is there anything that led you to this type of music in this scene apart from the music itself, like any personal experiences or life outlook? Hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But it's been so long that it just feels like it's... Um, it's just been super normalized for me to the point where I, I kind of stopped thinking about the reasons why I, I got into it in the first place. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the values align with the, the values of, of the music, mm -hmm. my own values. I mean, um, by and large, of course, there's always exceptions. Uh, not everybody's singing about the same thing, but yeah. Um, but yeah, overall as, as like a general, uh, subculture kind of thing the values definitely and the um you know I just like the metal and punk and hardcore have always like caught my attention since I was a kid um and yeah I just I can't stay away from heavy music <laughs> <laughs> if you can think back this far then when you were first getting into this type of music and going to these shows, what was something that kept you going back? Oh, just the energy for sure. Um, it was always, it was always about the energy of the live show. Um, when I was like 14, uh, I went to my first few like local shows. And it was also like the first time I was going to like bigger venues and, and seeing like tour packages and, um, or like going to like warp tour or some something like that. So um but yeah, I was it was always about the the live energy. That's always what drew me in and and like kept my attention and has continued to keep my attention like well over a decade later. So yeah. If you had to like think of like um two albums that defined your musical taste when you're first getting into this or something that defines your musical taste now, would you be able to narrow it down to two albums you like couldn't live without or would describe your musical tastes? Um, I don't, I don't think I could narrow it to two. Uh, I have a really rough time with choosing favorites, especially um, across yeah. various genres. Um, I could maybe narrow it down to like 200 or a hundred or something. <laughs> really, really <laughs> love but um yeah it's really i have i've had just historically i've had a really rough time choosing favorites in anything like i can't choose a favorite food i can't choose a favorite band i can't choose uh you know because the, the, the options are seemingly limitless and um i just can't pick you know that's fair that's fair so fair to say you listen to everything not just metal and hardcore Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Especially, yeah, like like as a kid, I, I was I was 
pretty much exclusively listening to that kind of stuff from like age 14 to 18 but like 18 to now uh, it expanded a lot to include most most everything and at this point i probably listen to less uh hardcore than than ever because i feel like i'm so immersed in the uh the world already it's like um like i'm, I'm already taking on so much of that uh sort of stuff live or you know playing it or whatever but it's like if i put on music i would rather listen to something else not always but usually do you remember some of the first bands you listened to that were kind of in the genre? Uh, yeah, like when I was a kid, um, the the stuff that like really caught my attention uh, was like the hardcore punk of the 80s, like all the like most popular bands, of course, like Bad Brains <laughs> and Minor Threat and Poison Idea and Dead Kennedys and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was definitely the... The, the catalyst or whatever <laughs> classic yeah um if you could describe spy's sound in two words what would they be uh, <laughs> uh this is a great question again <laughs> again with narrowing things down i have such an impossible time but but one word that i always think of is feedback just because there's so much uh, feedback on the recording oh, yeah. and live too so we put feedback in there and then and then it's just loud so so loud and feedback that's that's those are the ones I'm going with <laughs> that's so that's so perfect that's my first impression it's like man this band uses a lot of fucking feedback and like <laughs> a lot of bands use a lot of feedback but you guys really use a lot of feedback <laughs> yeah it was like from the start that was my uh like I, I just wanted to have an obnoxious amount of feedback on it. It's a cool fucking sound. I like bands with feedback. I do too. So, I love I love it. So I'm a huge fan. Um so that's why I did that too. <laughs> Service Weapon was selling presses and tapes out in 2020 before you guys had even played a show. Did you expect that sort of response? And what about Spy and Service Weapon do you think? encapsulated all those people I uh, definitely didn't expect the response um I thought like I expected that it would do better than most projects that I've done um just because like I, I could kind of get a sense that like okay like I wrote some pretty pretty acceptable tracks here and they're better than anything I've ever done before so I was proud of it and I was happy um the way it turned out but I, I i didn't expect like anywhere near this sort of response i thought maybe we'd be lucky to have the ear of like 50 to 100 people or something but um obviously it grew way more than that um as far as like why that happened i think it was kind of like a weird void um in 2020 where there was like no shows um you know everybody's either working from home or or not working at all and, and just 
Um, so, but there was no like new music really coming out because if you were an established touring band, like why would you put out music and then not be able to go play shows and go tour on it? Um, so yeah, I think there was kind of a bit of a void where like new bands could come up and people would be more willing to check it out than they had been pre-pandemic. Um, I think that was huge. Um, and then from, from there, I think it just kind of snowballed from the initial uh, attention that it got on the internet and it just kept going. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty well fitting for the time. I mean, at least in America for how things were going to. It was overall good timing with the pandemic and everything. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, it worked out for us. I think had the pandemic not happened, I think this band might have fallen flat completely. <laughs> which is crazy because what a positive effect of such a negative thing, but that's sick. Although your songs are short, they're very hard hitting. So coming back to the feedback thing, you produce a very full audio effect and it's a very distinct listening experience. What was your goal with making these types of short songs with this sort of auditorial impact? Uh, well, I, I remember initially I really just wanted to um, have it super direct and to the point. No, no like filler or any, any sort of like gap stuff that, that would uh, not like every, every second is intentional um, and, and purposeful. Uh, which is not something that I had always done when playing in bands. Uh, I think it, I, I just kind of like finally for the first time kind of figured it out in a way that worked. Um, but yeah, I, I love short songs, especially with this kind of music. I love short songs. I love quick, direct, um, love short live sets, just super like, start okay it goes and then it's done and then yeah i i that's something that i really enjoyed um seeing in other bands so i yeah i guess also getting into and playing in a power violence band that certainly probably impacted that mentality as well um, for sure you yeah. can see the comparisons it definitely fits in Spy, you use neat effects and style choices in your vocals that complement the bass tone so much and it really pieces together what your sound is. How did you develop the vocals and were there any inspirations for them? Um, the vocals, so I, I had never um, done this specific vocal sound uh, until I started doing this band. Um, I had the tracks written and I kind of just uh, imagined what I thought would sound right and make sense over these tracks uh, as far as the vocal tone or whatever. Um, and it kind of just came out naturally, I guess. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was like a brand new kind of like experiment uh, for me as far as vocals go. Um, because before this, like I've been doing vocals since I was like 14 or 15. 
Uh, and but but usually in the past it was more like metal oriented, um, and this this is definitely like a, a departure from from the sounds that I've pretty much made from age fourteen until free spy. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as inspirations go, I'm not really sure that there's any specific ones. It's just kind of. Um, all the like hardcore punk that I like. Uh, there's obviously there's variations in the vocal styles, um, but this sound that I'm doing for Spy, uh, I think is not too far off from what a lot of other bands have done in the past. It makes a lot of sense when you say you heard it first and kind of fit the vocals to that. Cause like it really does suit the sound really well so I can definitely see that um yeah and I and I wasn't sure exactly what the vocals would sound like uh first I just you know like wrote the guitar parts um and then you know once I had kind of listened to that over and over and over again I was like okay let's, let's see if this sound makes sense and it did you have one of like the most iconic art styles in the genre right now. Who does your artwork and how did you originally envision the visual aspects of Spy? Uh, the art is, uh, it's, all of it has been done, uh, as far as album art goes, all of it's been done by our friend Kane Cox uh, from Denver. Um, Kane and I had, I had met him just a couple months before I started Spy uh, when I played a show in Denver with World Peace. Um, and I really liked his art and I really liked him. So I kind of, from the start of, of doing this band, I was always gonna ask him to do the art. And luckily he was available and interested. So um, yeah, as, as far as like the, how it all went down with the art, I think we basically just told him a bunch of ideas for drawings and then he put it together. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily going to look like that. Like from the get go, it, it just kind of, um, he just kind of started drawing stuff and then it ended up like that. And then from, from that, it, like from that first album cover, that was kind of like a template uh, for the next one. Um, but how exactly it ended up at that point, I don't really even know. It just <laughs> just kind of did, I guess. It, was, it wasn't super um, intentional. Like it was not necessarily going to look like that. It just, it just sort of ended up looking like that. Your but like, as soon happened. as we all, sorry. Oh no, you're good. Go ahead. Just as soon as we all saw it, we we knew like, okay, yeah, that's gonna that's like visually appealing, and you know, people will respond to that. And, and of course, like you also know that people are gonna you know clown on it and say it's you know tattoo flash art or whatever. But um, so you know, it, it was it was like pretty clear that there would be criticisms of it but it was also really sick and looked cool so uh we, we all kind of knew as soon as we saw it that like yeah that's that's gonna be it 
it's sick. You definitely don't see a lot of other bands kind of using that style. It's cool that your homie just happened to be super fucking talented and you didn't really tell him what to do. But, yeah, um, it was awesome. It was, it was great. And and he's, like I said earlier, just I really like him. So it was an easy <laughs> choice. Switching over to power violence. When playing power violence styles of music, do you ever feel as if the genre title limits you or people get hung up on that one word? Like with a genre that got so popular on these classic bands like Pig Destroyer or Infest, you see people write off bands that take unique perspectives to the genre as like fake power violence or something that's not true enough. I mean, there are some people out there that will die on the hill of there only being like three bands that can use the word power violence. Is that something you experience? And what's your outlook on that? Um, it, it's definitely one of the most like touchy genre terms out there, uh, especially for, for people that are like really, really into that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely people who, think world peace is stupid and and not power violence or whatever um and i i i personally i, I might be more in the camp of like like okay the the only real power violence or whatever is is like the the og first wave whatever few bands crossed out and etc um that might be more where i stand on it like if i had to choose a camp to be in but i also like i don't care at all so so it doesn't matter or mean anything to me if that makes sense like if yeah. i had to choose that's probably where i would go but but like i would never uh i would never defend that point or or you know i don't care <laughs> yeah more or less is is what i'm trying to say i don't i don't care about the the whole like genre classification that people 
get hung up on. Um, yeah, power violence is cool. Uh, whatever people want to call power violence is great. Uh, I don't, it, means, it means almost nothing to me. And it probably shouldn't mean much to anybody else because mm-hmm. it's, it's like genre wars are, are you know, horny and, and dumb. <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean yeah power violence though is is of course super touchy subject for some people i guess pretending that none of those original bands ever existed just sound based or attitude based what is real power violence to you (laughs) um it's just you you know it when you hear it you know (laughs) hard to hard to hard to say honestly um just fast yeah yeah but it it, it's this is why it's such a contentious issue i think is because like it has a bunch of elements that you can describe like okay it's fast super short songs is uh you know fast parts the slow part whatever uh uh, et cetera, et cetera, the art, the, all the different stylistic stuff. But then like, all, you can describe all of that and then somebody could do all of those things and then it still wouldn't be power violence, if that makes sense. Like, like yeah. those are all qualifications, I guess, but if they're not performed in the right way, it doesn't, it doesn't actually meet the the full requirements for the sound or whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a weird one. I don't know. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. I know um, what you're saying. Anything over yeah, a minute though is poser shit. I think we can all agree on that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, what about your music do you think gets people moving? And is any of it intentional? Like, do you purposely include breakdowns in some songs? Is it your stage presence, maybe, or sort of image you put out? Uh, definitely the, the, the energy, live energy is something that I want to always want to do, is, is especially um, for, for Spy uh, as a person not, have, not holding any instrument or whatever. I, I feel like the standalone vocalist is kind of needs to provide some energy and, and and or visual appeal of some sort, like like something that catches the eye of the audience. Um, so, so I, I kind of feel like that that needs to be there um, for for hardcore, for punk, whatever. Like you need an active front person that's that's like captivating the audience in one way or the other. Because um, that's that's why I think that's why so many people are drawn to this kind of thing in the first place is the live energy and, and the, you know, the front person is definitely a huge part of that. Um, 
so yeah, definitely try to be entertaining live. Um, I can't uh, imagine a vocalist, just a hardcore vocalist sitting in a chair. Yeah, <laughs> at a stone. Just, it, it would, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't really work. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of live shows, I watched you at Sound and Fury run from the merch table to play a world peace set and then get right back on the stage like 15 minutes later with Spy. What is it like to go from one atmosphere of musicians and style of sound to another? And how do the energies compare during a world peace set to a Spy set? Well, luckily, usually I never have to do both bands at the same time uh sound and fury was was super stressful for me because i was uh like slam selling merch for like the first hour or two or whatever of the after the doors open and then like yeah i had to run a, and do the world peace set and then pretty immediately do the spy set so i was i was pretty um stressed out and 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 winded and tired but yeah, um, the energy is super different, usually, I would say, between the two bands. Um, for World Peace, I'm not honestly not really paying attention to the, the crowd at all because I'm, I'm doing, um, playing bass uh, and doing some vocal parts, too. So it's there's enough on my plate there that I'm not really paying attention to the crowd. But um and then the the inverse is true for spy it's like i'm definitely very aware of the crowd uh because you know there's people jumping on me and shit so it's hard not to be aware of, of what's going on around you at that point but yeah the, it's 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 a very different experience for me personally i think um it's almost like hard for me to even speak about it uh because i'm not really like fully paying attention to the crowd at all during a world peace show <laughs> um but it sure seems different it seems seems like uh for world peace like a lot of people are just watching uh first spy too but i think like the spy is more of like a crowd participation type band um more stage dives and all that sort of thing uh world peace is is mm, you know, anytime there's like a, a part that people start to groove to, it's like over immediately. So, so I think people are more just like caught off guard than anything else. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's, of course, there's always people there that like know the band well and, and are, you know, fully in tune with what we're doing. So that's great too. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to have both bands. Or world peace. Why did you choose to switch from guitar to two basses? Uh, that happened before I joined the band, so I don't, I don't know. You'd have to ask uh, Derek, who is the mastermind of World Peace. Uh, he oh. also plays drums in Spy now, as of the last few months. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a good question. Um, I, if I had to speculate, I would say uh he really likes water torture um <laughs> they are all bass so yeah all bass and drums so I, I, maybe that was part of it i don't know i mean it was a cool take i'm i'm here for it um when writing for world oh wait so 
were you not in World Peace when they had already started? Uh, I joined World Peace in August 2019, and I am on the Come and See LP and the latest split, uh, and then the upcoming LP that we'll be putting out next year. Um, so that's my contribution, I guess. Um, but World Peace is two of like my uh, best friends, like longest standing friendships and closest friends. So I've been uh, a huge fan and follower since the beginning. <laughs> like that's before. cool, that's cool. Yeah. Well, when writing for World Peace's LPs, was there any set of ideas or principles that were in mind? Did you have a few descriptive ideas of how you wanted this sound to be? Or did they kind of already had that picked out from the previous stuff put out? I think there's like a pretty clear evolution in the band um, from the original material to uh, what we have now at this point. Um, Der Derek is very uh, intentional and, and like he has everything laid out and he has a process and he has um he's he's put thought into every element of everything um from the art to the uh you know writing of the music to like every detail he's thought about so he's super intentional with it um yeah he'd be a good person to interview honestly <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to speak too much about it because honestly, yeah. he is like fully the person running uh, everything with World Peace. Like he writes all the music, he does everything. So cool. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. That's some yeah, good so insight. The way, the way it has worked in the past though is, you know, he writes everything and then he's like, here's the tracks and then I learn them and yeah. <laughs> and then, then they then they exist at that point, I guess. <laughs> That's sick. He's just on every instrument, just cooking yeah, it he, up. He has he fully one hundred percent. That is like his his uh, his project. Do you have a you have a favorite tour or or live moment with either band so far? Uh, one yeah, that stands out, yeah. The tour we just did with Ceremony, uh, the the spy just did with Ceremony. That's I think that's probably my favorite tour I've ever been on. Because um, like uh, you know, Ceremony growing up in the Bay Area is like the pinnacle of of hardcore. Uh, always like the band i looked up to the most um for you know over like a decade or whatever uh locally uh but not just locally i, I just i love ceremony and they were really fun to watch every night and they were all all really really nice kind people so yeah that that tour is great um 
And then for like a favorite show, I, I would have to say the the Sound and Fury uh, from this year was crazy. Like the biggest, wildest thing that I've ever played by far. Um, so that was great. Is there um is there a band you haven't played with yet that you'd you'd still like really love to share the stage with? Yeah, there's a bunch, like tons and tons of them, honestly. Um you got like the big dream band though, like that one band you're you're dying to get on stage with. Uh, honestly, it might have been ceremony. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think we just did like for me, I think that that was pretty much that like best case scenario, like like that's a band like I grew up fucking loving that band so um and I never in a million years thought I would get to play a show with them let alone a tour um so that's nuts yeah so that it might just be them honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good answer it's a good answer uh is there one band that hasn't done a reunion yet that you'd like to see do a reunion because like <laughs> every band every fucking band has done it by now so i almost don't even want to answer because if i say something maybe they've already done a reunion that i don't even know about like like a reunion in uh, 1998 for one show that i have no idea happened or something oh fuck that no i mean like recent reunions then like if they reunited like a decade ago or some shit like oh, like a okay recent re um yeah like, who they're dead you can revive them oh if they're dead sure dead or not? broken up oh <laughs> they don't have to be dead just <laughs> Dude, honestly, honestly if, if, if we're going with dead people i would i would choose the band uh the death metal band death um because that dude died like way before i even knew what death metal was and that was like one of my favorite bands uh as a kid like um like as a teenager um so i'll go with them Although I did get to see, I did get to see like some iteration of, of like, they did like a tour where it was like a bunch of people who had played in the band and they all kind of like played different songs, but it wasn't the same thing as like the, the real deal guy, you know? Uh, so yeah, I would choose, I would choose death. That'd be really cool. Um, the death metal death, right? Not like the death metal death. death. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. there's two different bands with death. Yeah, right. the the OG death metal death. <laughs> they had a very creative name for the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, you got any shows coming up that you want to shout about or plug with with either Spy or World Peace? It's six o'clock. Whoa! Oh, that was my computer. Sorry. Six. <laughs> It's like I'm like it's nine o'clock. Who's lying to me? <laughs> yeah, uh, shows, shows. We're we're um we're kind of running out of shows this year. Uh, it's it's coming to an end. I think it is. Yeah. The, the only thing announced for Spy right now is um, the Act Like You Know Fest in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which will be November eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth, I believe. Um, so, so that's coming up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we play Friday, November 18th. Uh, if I'm not getting the dates wrong. Um, yeah, that's, that's the one thing we have announced right now. And then 
There will be a couple of other shows for Spy this year, uh, one locally and one uh, less locally, and then that'll that'll be it for the year, I think. Um, and World Peace, I am pretty sure we have nothing happening the rest of the year because, um, yeah, yeah, because it's it's the year is winding down and and. And now we're looking forward to 2023, I think. Yeah, it should be a, another exciting, interesting year. <laughs> but 2023, we'll have both bands will do lots and lots of shows and tours. It'll be very busy. You guys going to be doing shows and tours together, potentially? I don't think so. Probably not. Maybe like a show or two here or there. Uh, like we... Spy and World Peace did play together last year in March in LA and Orange County. Um, and then at Sound and Fury again. But that's the only time we've done that. I, I personally don't like it. I would rather have one at a time because it's uh, yeah, I can imagine too, too much for me. I'd rather stick with one one set per night. Yeah, That looks exhausting. And the merch line was insane yeah that's another thing is like i'm i'm also i'm almost always working the spy merch so i i don't um yeah that like eats up my whole evening at a show so so i don't really have any like downtime and yeah i don't, I don't know that's and then adding another set that's it's just too much <laughs> Well, you said the year's winding down, uh, so thankfully you get to wind down. Do you think? Yeah, that... I'm really hyped about that. Honestly, I <laughs> sounds I like have, it. have like a, a little bit of time to not play shows and not tour. Um, obviously, I love playing shows and touring, but I, I yeah. also love having a little break here and there. For sure, for sure. Is do you think you have like an album of the year for 2022 yet? Uh always a hard one for me um mm. because as mentioned earlier i'm terrible at choosing just one thing but yeah uh if if i'm going on a gut instinct right now i, I and this is also super like recency bias because like this is what i've been listening to lately um and then something from like march or april is probably going to get forgotten but the one i would say right now is uh the the berries i think high flying man is the name of the album um that came out recently in the last couple months and i've been listening to a lot of that and what really like what is that i take it it's not hardcore no nah, it's like some rock music i don't know <laughs> nice nice um, <laughs> okay i could tell by the name i'm like i don't think that's uh i don't think that's punk shit no nah, it's i mean that it's the this this dude who um it's like been involved in some hardcore stuff i think in the past he used to play uh in the band happy diving and um a few other ones and and then i think he might have toured with some hardcore bands or something i'm not really sure but um yeah really great record okay so what are you listening to that we could rag on you for you got any guilty pleasures or anything you listen to that <laughs> that could be considered like cringy or embarrassing, if not to you, like to others? Yeah, I 
this this is a harder question now than I think maybe it would have been like 10 years ago. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like people used to be a lot meaner and, and more closed-minded about this sort of thing. Yes. And now you can kind of listen to whatever and most people won't care or bother you about it. I will. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, it, it, makes, it makes it hard though. It makes it hard to like even think of what might be embarrassing. I don't right. know. What's embarrassing these days? Well, uh, what do you listen to that people wouldn't expect, I guess? Like, are you, you bumping pop music in your free time or I don't know, jazz yeah. or something like that? Yeah, I like, like I, pop music is always welcome. Uh, it's a nice change up from, um, from most of the other stuff that I'm surrounded by. Uh, I'm, I think I'm at this point, I'm more open-minded than ever to stuff. Like I used to, when I was a kid, I, I would be like, Oh, pop music, that stuff sucks. It's just some commercial <laughs> bullshit, blah, 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 blah. But now I, I can like, you know, hear most songs and find something interesting about it. Or at least, uh, you know, even if I don't like it, at least I can like tolerate it or, or find some redeeming value versus, you know, when I was an asshole kid, I was hating on everything. Um, so, so I don't know. It, 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 there's not a whole lot that I think would be truly embarrassing. I'm trying to think of something, but what about like the weirdest the... shit you listen to? Yeah. Or yeah, would you have though? What are some of the pop artists you listen to? I'm just curious. It's it's usually stuff that other people put on. So I'm not even entirely sure what it is most of the time. Like it'll be something like in the van, like while we're on the road, or it'll be like somebody put something on at work uh, where it's just like, I would just hear it. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I don't even know what it is. I know it's like, you know, pop music or poppy kind of music, but, um, but like, I don't know, for example, like this morning I put on a uh, Kylie Minogue, like uh early 2000s like pop music i don't know if you guys know who that is just that one hit song where it's like uh i don't want to sing it because it'll sound ridiculous and i'll be embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) it's like the you know it's like i can't get you out of my head you know that one oh i do yeah i do actually this one that song bangs do you think being more open to genres has kind of improved your style or technique as a musician at all? Probably not, because I still only really play like <laughs> shit. Um, you aren't incorporating your pop influences. What? Not, not, not really. I wish I, I wish that I was. Um, the the truth is that I'm not a very talented musician. I can play power chords, and I can, you know play uh hardcore punk stuff but i'm not i'm i don't think i'm physically capable of playing uh at least on like guitar most of the stuff that i think is cool um and that's why i've never started a metal band that i was super proud of or anything like that because that stuff's hard to play (laughs) (laughs) um switching off of music to a couple stupid fucking questions um what's like the most illegal or dangerous thing that you've ever done oh i don't know i don't know if i could talk about it well 
you can go with dangerous <laughs> instead of illegal. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too daring of a person. Uh, I've had like pretty brutal like anxiety my whole life, so I, I doing stuff that's dangerous or illegal doesn't usually feel great. Um, I used to steal a lot, uh, like shoplift a lot when I was a kid. Nice, like clothing or. Just anything like there was a Walmart by my house and anything and, and me and my best friend would go over there and like steal candy and food and uh you know airsoft guns or something like that okay. um, but that was really fun that was like a great thrill um always felt pretty good stealing from Walmart uh, we'd go there like multiple times a day at, at, at certain points. So we would like grab some, some like hostess stuff and like put it in like the shoe aisle behind some shoes and then just like, kind of like, you know, not even take it out of the store necessarily, but like just hide food in places and then eat it as we walked around the store without paying. <laughs> so, so you've been good since you were a teenager then? No, I, I still steal stuff on tour, especially uh, <laughs> like gas stations or grocery stores or whatever. At least a little like Cliff Bar or something here and there, you know, or pistachios because those are uh, stupidly expensive and delicious. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say Walmart and Target keep track of the second you start stealing until it's like enough to arrest you so i'm sorry but we're gonna have to pass this on to the police the whole That's interview it's uh it's been a long time coming i couldn't hide forever uh, that's good i didn't know they did that that's fun yeah it's good to know Pro tip. Pro, I have tip. I have heard some stuff like that, especially about Target. They're pretty uh, intense about theft. Oh, yeah. So I don't steal from Target if any Target officials are <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Well, assuming assuming that you're not a pacifist, um, if you could punch anyone in the face as hard as you can with no repercussions is there one person out there you really want to knock out and why Ooh. Uh, i'm assuming you have a big list too eh I, it's a it's oh uh, <laughs> uh, right now i would go with with putin i would punch putin because uh, he's a giant piece of shit and is, you know, responsible for all sorts of suffering in, yeah. in uh, Eastern Europe. So fuck him. It's good. It's good answer. I didn't even need to ask why. I just state the name. You like? Yeah, uh, yeah that one's pretty self-evident. I feel like. Yeah, makes a lot of sense there. Um, onto a a happier note, I guess. Um. If you could give the world a gift, what would it be and why? And it doesn't have to be a material possession. A gift? 
Yeah, you give one gift to the whole world. <laughs> uh, I was going to make a stupid joke about um, <laughs> my, my gift is my music. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> uh, some bullshit. No, no, I, I don't know. Um, fuck. Got some great questions. Uh, I I don't know. That's that's a really because it could be anything. It it could right? be anything. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a material possession. So, what do you think the world really needs? I guess is a better way of putting it. If it helps you think that route. I feel like there's no way to answer this without sounding like a cornball. Um, <laughs> you know, that's the best answer. The world, so the world needs, uh, you know. Yeah, food and education and uh, right, right, water <laughs> and love and peace and um, I don't know. All good I, answers. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds ridiculous saying it though. It does. Yeah, you sound like a fucking hippie, but it's yeah, true. It's and true I, though. That's <laughs> one thing I don't want to sound like. It's it's a fucking hippie. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Good, good question. Thank you. I wrote it myself. Let's do, let's just do food. I feel like a lot of people need food. It's a good answer. It would enhance a lot of people's lives probably. So, I agree. I agree. It's a good answer. Uh, what did I have left on my dumb little list here? I think I only had like two questions left. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that's all I had. So... I guess what's the next big goal or accomplishment you want to reach as a band? Like, is there a big venue that you you've always wanted to play or a festival you've always dreamed of playing just any sort of goal or milestone you want to accomplish in the future of your bands? It's already like far exceeded anything I ever thought would happen that I, I feel like the, the original lofty goals have been met which is kind of crazy to to say but like yeah it used to be like yeah play sound and fury um and then that just happened so so that's that's one off the list i guess um as far as venues go nothing really comes to mind there's no there's no like massive venues that really have a whole lot of appeal to me at this point what about like countries? There's got to be something on your your checklist that isn't checked quite yet. Oh yeah, if we're going if we're going with like countries, then yeah, we yeah. I mean we would love to play in Asia. Uh, we love to play in Australia. Um, yeah, like playing, especially also like seems like we have a decent following in in like Indonesia and like Singapore. Um, Places that bands from the U.S. don't usually get out to. Um, so if we could play all of those places, that would be really cool. Um, I'd also like to play some more like obscure places in Europe that we didn't hit, um, you know, like deeper into Eastern Europe or like Greece or something or Ireland would be cool, um, Portugal, something like that. Like just like places that again aren't usually on a 
poor for like a US band. So yeah, all, all, all around the world that we haven't hit yet that is interested. I don't I don't want to play somewhere where nobody cares. <laughs> that that's the one stipulation. There's gotta be at least <laughs> somebody there that is interested and would be happy to go to the show. <laughs> but yeah, definitely want to play in Asia and, and Australia. That's I think that's an achievable goal that we can hopefully do I don't want to say next year, but maybe, maybe next year, maybe in the next couple of years. It's a good goal. I'm hoping, yeah. uh, I'm hoping you can accomplish that. I'm certain you can, obviously, but. It's still weird with international travel uh, post-pandemic. Uh, oh, I bet. So not, not even entirely sure how that all. I was like going to want to go to Japan or Australia. I'm not even sure if that would be feasible at this point, but. Yeah. Play at some point in the next couple of years. I was gonna ask, I'm pretty sure, but you haven't been over to Canada. And I'm assuming just, you don't uh, want we just to. played in we played in Toronto and uh, in Vancouver on this last tour. What? Yeah. Fuck me. How did I miss that? Are you in Toronto? I'm like an hour outside of it. Oh shit. Yeah, you should have gone to that one. <laughs> Motherfucker, I didn't even know what happened. I'm gonna cut that out of the conversation so I don't sound like a fucking <laughs> idiot. But no one ever comes to Canada, so I was just like, I honestly, if you said, like you said, you came here for one date, I'm like, you did. It's wild. Like no one yeah. comes here. So. I'm I'm biased towards Canada because I was actually born in Ottawa, um, and I lived in Vancouver for three years as a adult in my twenties. Um, so You're a fucking Canuck. I'm a Canuck, yeah. No ten, shit. Ten, ten total years of Canadian residence. Oh my god! Do you miss the poutine or, or the all dressed chips or anything like that? The all the all dressed chips are a huge hit for me. I fucking love those. Every time I'm over there, I I buy all dressed chips. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I also I love playing in Canada. To, Toronto show is amazing. Where did um, you guys play in Toronto? We played a kind of a strange spot. I don't actually remember the name. It's like a thrift store during the day, but they took out all the like bins and stuff. And there's like a skate ramp in the back. It's not like a proper venue or whatever. It's like totally more of a DIY space, um, which I was surprised by because I, I don't know. I kind of expected the tour to be all venues, um, you know, like proper or whatever. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it was a great, great spot. I think Fuck. maybe one of the people running it is from a band, but I'm not entirely sure. I, I didn't get all the details on it, I, I, but it was a sick spot. The show was awesome. It was like fully packed out. Um, people bought fucking all of our merch it was sick like like <laughs> the, the canadian like merch support i feel like is a little yeah. bit um not not better but like i think because it's you know more rare to get u.s bands out there i was gonna say we're so grateful when someone comes through plus like the cost of shipping is murder so if any band exactly. wants to like get some merch money or want to see a crowd that's really gonna love the fact that you came through just come out this way man <laughs> yeah and, and then like we didn't play up there before because uh 
because of like the whole uh, requirement to get in with, you needed to have like a recent PCR test or whatever. And like a bunch of stuff that would have like, like I went to Vancouver once uh, last year and it was kind of a nightmare getting in and getting out and it was really expensive. So I, yeah, now that that's been lifted, it'll be a lot easier to do Canadian shows. Yeah. Um, we, we were hardcore with the regulations and, yeah yeah uh which is very canadian yeah um but yeah we definitely want to play in toronto again we want to play montreal um and i don't know if where else people would be interested but vancouver toronto montreal those will definitely happen um and if people in like calgary or other places care which i'm sure they do um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then we would love to play in like the the prairie provinces and, and all that too um well now that i know this fun fact um i'm assuming it's not a widely known fact that you were born canadian do you do you feel outed now that you're screaming about american politics and now people know you were <laughs> born in canada <laughs> uh you know i the this this whole thing is a mystery to me i have no idea like what people what kind of facts people know or keep up with or any of right. that, like I have no clue what, what anyone knows about me. <laughs> I sure so, shit didn't know it. Um, not that so I, I have guess, much I of a research I'm a, secret, I'm a secret Canadian, but I, I feel like I, I earned <laughs> my right to talk shit about the U S I, I grew up in the U S and, and lived the vast majority of my life in the U S. So, mm. um, yeah. I think like the important part is like all the formative years and all of that, you know, happened, or at least in my opinion, the formative years are, are like, you know, when you're becoming an adolescent or whatever. Um, so yeah, all of that was spent in the U S so. Oh yeah. No, I don't think it's any different. I mean, if you're an American citizen and you live under their laws and, and politics, obviously you have every right to be, upset yeah seems validated to me just just didn't know that you were canadian so ain't that some shit yeah i gotta get into hockey i've been i've been thinking about <laughs> like trying to become a hockey fan <laughs> no, you haven't, seriously i i have like i've never cared about it you know and now i'm like all right well it might be good to to follow that sport you know baseball season's over so and uh, apparently the Ottawa Senators are on the rise. So I, I don't know. I, I hate hockey. And oh, re- okay. Well, yeah. I was trying to relate with you on a Canadian level. I know. <laughs> I'm not. I don't hate hockey. I just don't really give a shit. I'll watch it because obviously I don't have a fucking choice. Yeah. Um, Damn. But yeah, I played hockey. True. Did you? Yeah, I feel a little roasted right now. I mean, I don't want to be controversial. I didn't know you were from Canada, but you said something earlier, and I was like, "Damn, he kind of said that like Rob says it." I think it <laughs> no, out a there's no bit. fucking way, Bell. I don't I have an swear, accent. He doesn't have an accent either. You, 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 you definitely have a little something because at one point during this interview, I was like, "Is he Canadian?" Oh fuck! <laughs> did you did you not do your research either? Yeah, this is a Canadian podcast. No, I, I totally, I totally am guilty of not researching anything I, oh, I that's terrible. terrible that's cool 
I'm just glad you came to chat. No one does their research. They don't read the fucking questions either when they come on. So it's, it's a very I, live show. I read the questions and I was like, no okay, shit. cool. I'm going to write down all of my answers beforehand. And then I, <laughs> I, I did. Of course, so. Well, we're super grateful that you came to chat. Do you have any, um, do you have any last shout outs, any plugs, any causes, anything you want to, you want to speak on the uh, floor is yours. The mic's yours. And then uh, we'll play a, a lovely outro track for the people. Uh, I, I, I have nothing other than to say, um, you know, a general, like, thank you to anybody who's supported, uh, any of the bands that I've been in, um, but especially Spy and World Peace, uh, uh, without people's support, there would be nothing and these bands wouldn't exist. So, uh, that is sincerely and deeply appreciated. Uh, and thank you also for your interest in talking to me and having me on the show. Yeah, of course. It's been an absolute blast. We're, we're super grateful you came through to chat. It's been a fun one for sure. Learned some fun things. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> you learned some things too, right? Yeah, always a little bit of uh, uh, self-discovery and these sorts of things. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, hopefully I can catch you next time you come around my neck of the woods here up in yeah, Toronto please. or wherever you come please, Please feel free to hit me up at if we're playing over there, um, anything like that, and we can maybe even meet in real life. Wouldn't that be some shit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, that goes for both of y'all, of course. Um, please, you know, if there's any show you want to go to or anything like that, let me know. Of course. I was just about to say, if you ever don't feel like skipping over Nashville or somewhere in Tennessee, I work on booking shows so I can help you out with a venue that's not going to be a dick to you because a majority are over there. Just saying. Thank just you. Just putting it out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Much appreciated. Um, we were supposed to play in, in Tennessee in April in uh, uh, Ch Chattanooga. But my friend was supposed to open for that actually i was bummed you guys didn't come through yeah that was the only date of that tour that we missed and i was that was i was pretty devastated i really wanted to play that show um and yeah we haven't played in tennessee we haven't really played the south much we played in hattiesburg mississippi and that's pretty much it i think so we gotta uh try to hit the southeast a little bit uh next yeah. next year at some point definitely want to play in tennessee for sure. People definitely pull through. Everybody was so stoked for that show. We're all like, oh man, next time. Yeah, we'll 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 definitely make it out there and, and some of the other places. I don't know. Atlanta. I know that one exists. Oh yeah. Florida, <laughs> Tallahassee, something. Yeah. For so sure. we're gonna try to prioritize the Southeast uh, for next year. Sick. Beautiful. Well, looking forward to uh, some new music next year and seeing you next year. It's been an absolute pleasure, Peter. Again, thanks so much, man. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, appreciate it and catch you next time. Die, I, die, 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 die.